Good morning and welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you here this morning. We're going to be talking today about a fella who was known quite well in our community for many, many years. He served in a number of different capacities. He may have cut your hair and hopefully he never took you to jail, but he could have because he was sheriff at one time. His name was Gene Goldie and uh, his son Gary is here. Good morning, Gary. Glad you're here. Good morning, Doug. Glad to be here. Now, you are the youngest of four boys. We want to talk a little bit about your dad and what he meant to our community and uh, what all he got accomplished in his life here. But let's start by talking about how Gene Goldie started in this world. How did he come to be? Where was he born and when and all that stuff? Well, it's interesting. My, my grandfather used to work for the old Riney B. Railroad. They were living in, living in Montgomery County at the time, and he got to know the James family, who, was, who owned a lot of property out in Keene in mm-hmm. southern Fayette County. And uh, to make a long story short, he came to work for Mr. James, and Dad was the first of the, the ten siblings to be born in Jasmine County in 1929. So Gene, along with all ten, or all other nine, they were true Jessman Countyans. Yes. They well, were, the, the the first three the first three were born actually in Montgomery County, yeah. and Dad was the first of the bunch to be born in Jessman County. Okay. Ten. One one died in infancy, but there was ten total. Well, I'm going to put you to the quiz now. We have right. to name those. All right. They were Uncle Frank, uh, Aunt Carrie Riley, mm-hmm. my Uncle Jim Goldie, then Dad was next, then Geneva Schmidt, mm-hmm. uh, then William McClellan was the one who who, who died in infancy. George Goldie, Joe Goldie, John Goldie, mm-hmm. and then Ruth Ann is, was the youngest. Now, how many of those are still living? Uncle George, Aunt Ruth Ann, and Uncle John. So down to three now. Right. That's a big family. Of course, yeah, well, back then, everybody had those big families. Absolutely. And probably a pretty good age difference between number one and, and number ten, I would say. I can't remember exactly what, what the difference is, but there was a yeah. pretty big difference. So Gene was born, you said, in 1929. 1929, July 3rd. Went to school here. Do you know where he spent his elementary days? At Mount Pleasant. So he was raised up in that Keene area, is that correct? Right. right. All they, not, not long after Dad was born... Uh, they actually, my grandfather actually went to work for Mr. Denny Blackford, mm-hmm. who owned a substantial amount of property out in that area. Right in King. Now, he would have graduated from Nicholsville High. He did, No, he didn't. Uh, they actually moved away for a while to oh. uh, to uh, Grant County. Okay. And uh, he finished up his school in Grant County, actually. he There was a, someone that they were kin to. I can't remember the exact uh, reason why, but uh, they had to go up there and help put a crop in. Yeah. And, and then that's when he went in the military right after that. So and he served what branch? He served in the Army. Four years? No, he was a, he was on a, a two-year. There was a two-year stint type yeah. thing. Then he went in reserves. And in those short two years, he made it all the way to sergeant. So. Now, he left. The family left went to Grand County. Right. For some reason, he decided to come back here. Right. What was that? Well, they they actually came back. My grand, the whole my, bunch. The whole bunch came back. Okay. Yes. And, uh, after he got out of the army, uh, naturally he came back mm-hmm. to, to Jessamine County, Nicholsville. Now he's he's gotten out of high school. He's gotten he's done his uh, service to our country, and he comes back to Nicholsville at oh I don't know what would he been twenty three, twenty two somewhere he was in, his in early, there early mid twenties, yeah. and decided what what did he decide he wanted to do at that point? Well, I, th- I think after he got out of, the, out of the army, he thought seriously about be- becoming a barber, mm-hmm. and. Uh, at that time, for some reason, I don't remember if there was actually a barber college in Lexington at that time or not, but there was one in Louisville. He went to Louisville and mm-hmm. went to barber college and worked for the Sunshine Biscuit Company uh, <laughs> during the, uh, I think he worked third shift for them and yeah. then went to barber college during the day. Now, do you know why barbering even came into his mind with everything that was out there? Why that? 
You know, I, I don't, other than the fact that, you know, he had farmed and, you know, when it, the time that he spent in the military, it uh, it reiterated the fact that he always wanted to be his own boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that's something he instilled in all four of his mm-hmm. uh, sons also is uh, an independence and uh, and he always enjoyed being his own boss. Now, when he got out of barber college in Nicholasville, there was already some barbers established. You know, sure. you had uh, Mr. May and Charlie Grimes mm-hmm. and several of them. Did he go in partners or did he open his own place? No, he actually started in, uh, cutting hair in Lexington. Oh, yeah. He, he, he was living. They were living here and uh, lived. Uh, he and mom, when they first got married, actually lived for a short period of time in, in Lexington. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he was at a at a shop real close to where the old Turfland Mall was at, mm-hmm. over on the Harrisburg yeah. Road. Yeah, but at some point in time, he got here. He did. Uh, he he came here. The, I think the first shop he had was up on North Main Street, right there at the corner of High and uh, Main, right around where the City Utility Building is. Well, it was it, it's up up the street from that. Okay. And, and then there was a subsequent uh, shop that he had that was right there in front of the well and then grocery store. Yeah, or right next to it. And he was on his own at this point. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so he came down and and, and joined the throng because there were several here, but there there's were. enough here in this county that it, it gave everybody good business. Now we'll stop at that point because I know somewhere along the line. Uh, children started appearing. That's right. So let's talk about, uh, just to, for a moment, let's talk about you four boys when you came along and, and that kind of thing. Now, the oldest Greg, right? The oldest was Greg, yeah. When was he born? He was born in 1955. Now, Greg was in the banking business. Yes, he was. And a very personable, and unfortunately, lost Greg at an early age uh, a few years ago. See, I remember when Greg died. Now, he had a daughter at that time that was, was she in high school or college? With the high school. High school. And how's she Her, doing now? Well, she's doing great. She's just Good. become a new mother. Uh, great. Yeah, gave birth to a, a, a son, and uh, that was just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, congratulations to her. Now, Greg was first. Take us down the line. Greg was first, and then uh, Bill came along uh, about a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Larry uh, was about, again, about a year and a half to two years later. And then, uh, surprise, I came up about six and a half years off the pace. <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a program with Bob Fain, and he was talking about his family and how that there was two years between each one of the kids, but right. then there was like six or seven between him and the next one, Lilburn. And he said that. Bob's word was, I guess I was the oh no. And I just kind of hear <laughs> Gary comes along, we're like, oh no. I was kind of the surprise of the, of, the, of the bunch. So Now, you mentioned Bill. Give us a little background just quickly about what Bill's been doing. Well, Bill retired as a Lexington police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he retired a couple of years ago. Uh, he had been a policeman here in Nicholasville for a while mm-hmm. when he started out. Uh, he actually was on the police and fire departments up at the uh, airport mm-hmm. uh, for a while, and then he got on the Lexington Police Department and spent several years with them and just recently retired. Right. And Larry? Larry has been an employee at Kroger in Nicholasville now for, it's, it's either 39 or 40 years. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Really? Yes, he has. He started there when he was in high school. The only job he ever had other than that was working at Hunter's Floors for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he he's been been with Kroger for a long. Wow! And yeah, I didn't, didn't realize he was old enough to have been there that yeah. long. But I guess he is because yeah. you know I still think it, that you and I are like twenty eight, right? Right. <laughs> That's right. And then let's talk about you. Now you had a pretty successful career so far. Recently retired, but talk a little bit about Gary. Well, I, when I got out of high school, I I went to UK for a little while and uh, wound up having I've got a hundred nine hours from the University of Kentucky and no degree. What about uh, that? Didn't listen to dad, but you know life got, <laughs> life got busy. Yeah, uh, met the love of my life, got married, and started my own family and my own career. Mm-hmm. And, 
Christine, how did you all meet? Now, and her family from up in Jersey, somewhere around in well, there? Well, she moved here from New Jersey, but the families are actually from Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, northern Pennsylvania. And her dad worked with IBM uh-huh. and moved around some, uh, and then moved from um, uh, New Jersey to Lexington. Mm-hmm. And Christine had just uh, graduated high school at that time when they first moved down. And uh, she actually moved down, came here, and then moved back to New Jersey for a while. She had a job at a bank in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then she missed her parents so much, she finally eventually moved down here, and we met at church, Yeah, and I guess the rest, the rest is history. The rest is history. And she works for the city of Nicholasville. You have three sons. Three sons. And uh, some of them, I guess, are they in college now? Well, uh, they're, Nicholas is the oldest, Nicholas, Jacob, and Levi. Yeah. Nicholas and uh, Jacob both actually work for Alltech here oh, in yeah. the community. They're 24 and 22 years old. And Levi just uh, started up at Moorhead State this mm-hmm. fall. Good. Now, your career has been varied. You've done a number of things, got a lot <laughs> of experience under your belt. Uh, of course, uh, you and I had the pleasure of working with each other as city commissioner back in, when was that, 94, 94. through about 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've retired from the city right. just recently. Well, I actually retired from the Kentucky retirement system because, like you said, right. I, I, I yeah. had many different positions. I actually started out as a deputy jailer in Fayette County. Yeah. And then uh, uh, moved to the jail down here, was a deputy jailer, uh, went from the jail to planning and zoning. Mm-hmm. I was the first uh, one and two residential building inspector of the county in the city of Wilmore ever hired. And that's and when David Wise was that, administrator. David Wise was the administrator. Yeah. sure was. Neil Cassidy was the judge. I went from there to uh, the county road department mm-hmm. for a while, then actually went back to planning and zoning. And then in 2000, I moved from the county to the city. Mm -hmm. I started out as a subdivision inspector with city planning and zoning. And then in December of 2000, I started as the uh, in the public works department first as the assistant superintendent, mm-hmm. and then eventually becoming the superintendent that same year. And that's where you retired. And that's what I retired. And that's from. only been a couple of months, right? By the so end you, of August. So you really haven't settled into retirement. Too no, much, I haven't. Haven't, haven't. I haven't. I'm I'm still getting used to it. Staying busy. Uh, don't really know what I want to be when I grow yeah. up. Well, that's the family of Gene Goldie. So knowing that, let's get back on track with, with Gene. Now, right. he actually barbered, I guess, up until the point he couldn't anymore. I mean, yes, pretty much did. all of his life, he, he, he did. barbered. That, that, was, that was always his profession in between political officers or whatever. Right. It and school bus driving. He had been a, a school bus driver yeah. off and on uh, for, for many years. He drove when he first got out of the military for a while, uh, back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And he drove all the way up through the tooth. Through into Gosh, the I've forgotten about that. Well, now, what point in time, if you know, what point in time did Gene Goldie decide that the politics was something that he'd be interested in? Well, you know, I don't know the exact story as to exactly why. Mm-hmm. I have I have speculated over a lot. He, you know, he being a barber, he, you know, he was around people, you know, mm-hmm. or he used to always brag. He, he had an old magazine from. It was Time or Life. I can't remember which magazine it was from maybe back in the 60s. And it asked people to rank the profession of person that they interacted with that they held in highest esteem. Mm-hmm. And barbers were always in the top five at wow. that time. So he always was proud of that, and he was proud of the fact that he was a barber. Yeah. But, you know, he met a lot of people that way. And then uh, sometime in the mid-60s, he decided to run for public office. Mm-hmm. And the first office that he ran for was county coroner. Oh, yeah. Now, who who would have been? Do you remember who would have been back then? Pa- Pappy Mulkey was the... He was the he, corner. He was the corner. Now, did Gene ran against Pappy? Gene, uh, Dad ran against right. Mr. Mulkey. Uh, was fortunate enough to win. Yeah. And then 
And then after after that, he actually became a deputy sheriff for a short period of time under uh, a former sheriff. And only did it for about six months mm-hmm. and then uh, went back into barbering. And then when the opportunity came up to run for sheriff again in the early 70s, that's he did. when he ran for sheriff. You know, I'd forgotten about him being coroner. Makes sense, though, because if you go back in history, especially in the Old West, right. the barber was most times the 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 funeral man right. he's the one that conducted or a cabinet maker also got into that business i don't know why but for some reason they were they were involved in that business and so it would make sense that a barber might be corner well, you know, bar, barber was always around he was yeah. always in town he was always easy to find yeah self-employed again get Could, back to that self-employment right. idea yeah. he was his own boss and uh he had the time to devote right. to it and, and and do the things that, that that need to be done was there any particular you said that he had worked for as a deputy sheriff so he yes. kind of got a taste of the law enforcement there well, yes. and decided to run for sheriff. And was that have been in 73 when he ran? 73 when he ran, yes. And took over in 74. Right. And was sheriff for what, one term? 74 to 77. Back then, the sheriff could not succeed themselves. One time and you were done. That's it. Now, you could come back, I guess, down the road. Yes. Well, which he tried he sure at did. one time. But at that time, you like it is presently, you right. cannot just keep running if you wanted to. Right. You had to stop. That's right. So how did he like that job? The, the sheriff. sheriff. Yeah. From my perspective, it was the job that he enjoyed more than any that he ever had. Really? He was able to help people. Uh, he was a naturally inquisitive person. There were times, uh, you know, I was fairly young during that time, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I've seen him. I've seen him work all night long. Uh, I've, in fact, I saw he and a state police detective work on a particular. It was a, a murder case here in town, and for three days, the only sleep he got was he came home one afternoon, uh, got dropped off, took a shower, and laid down on the couch for about fifteen minutes, and then he was up and gone mm-hmm. again. So he truly loved being a servant. Dad was the kind of person where if you had a friend in him, mm-hmm. you had a friend. Right. And he was loyal to a to a fault almost. I mean, yeah. when, when 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 he liked you, he really liked you. Yeah. But he was the first to let you know that if you did anything wrong, you had to stand accountable for it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter who you were, mm-hmm. what the situation was. If you did wrong, you had to pay for it. Stand and in that office, Gary, and you know, as having been around the political realm for many years, but the nature of the beast, you're going to make some people mad right. if you do your job right. That's always been my contention. Yeah, yeah, because of what you just said. Absolutely. It doesn't matter who you are because you made the comment that if Gene liked you, he liked you. And I'm sure there was people out there that he liked that unfortunately got in some trouble and he had to take care of and he did his job and they may have down the road not liked him so much after that but if you look back on it gene goldie did the job he was supposed to do that's exactly right there was one time when a a fairly serious crime had been committed and and the gentleman uh, the first thing he pointed out to dad was uh, goldie i've always been for you and you know Mm. dad dad looked at him and said well sir I appreciate the fact that you were for me, but you have to understand what you've done is a very serious action, and it has to be dealt with. Yeah. So he he was a no-nonsense kind of guy. When he had something to do, he did mm-hmm. it, and that's the way it always was. Well, if that person had realized that he voted for Gene to do the job, absolutely, then he voted for Gene to do to him what was going to be happening to him. So I, I would agree. Now, he was in there for four years. He ran again. 
He did later, and, and it was not successful. But do you think Gene was? And you said he liked it. I guess Gene would have if they had had the opportunity to just run and run it. He did probably stay there as long as he could have because he really liked it that way. Well. He probably would have because we all understand the power that incumbency carries with mm-hmm. it, and uh, he he would have probably been there as long as he would have wanted wanted to. Now you mentioned too about the things that you had to do, folks. Just look, think back how long it has been seventy four, and how much harder. To me, it would be to have done that job uh, just because of technology or sure. lack of it. Right. All the things that we have today that can aid in, in law enforcement that, right. that back then you didn't have. That's true. Uh, I would say that job had to be a whole lot not to take anything away from present law enforcement, because I know it's hard, but sure. it was hard back then not having resources. Right. Well, I tell you what, Dad was a great investigator uh, He because, number one, he was willing to put the time into it, and mm-hmm. he knew how serious it was and how important it was. But he always used to say, there's no sense in pursuing something if you don't have a, a slam dunk case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of petty theft and stuff like that going on back then, just as there is now, but right. it was a lot smaller community then. And... Any time a robbery or a breaking and entering uh, situation came up, if he didn't have a good solid case, he would go on to the next because he knew that he would eventually catch up with mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. And, and nine times out of ten, he did. He had a very successful uh, arrest conviction rate and was uh, awarded uh, awards for, for that, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. being able to do that from the Sheriff's Association. So he, he really took his job seriously. He loved it. And um, I don't know of besides the barber part, I don't know of any other one he used to talk about more than just that time that he was sheriff. Now, once he his sheriff ended in 1978, the best I remember, Gary, he ran for sheriff one time. Did he run for anything else that you know? He went back into barbering. He went back into barbering, and then he went to work for uh, Roger Williams in the county clerk's office. Yeah, and he worked in there as a deputy clerk. As a deputy clerk. He liked serving people, didn't he? He did. He he, he loved being around people. He fed off of people. He had just a natural compassion for people. Yeah. And and he he couldn't stand to see anybody taken advantage of. That that was one thing that would really set him off. And it didn't matter whether he was sheriff or a barber or a school bus driver, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. When he saw somebody being taken advantage of, he did whatever he could to see that it didn't continue. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about other locations when he went back into barbering. We mentioned a few and people that some of our listeners who are around here will remember some of these and some that are new. We might explain where they were. He had a shop up here on Main Street, just a block north of where we sit right now, mm-hmm. I think, across the street, maybe next to the old Western Auto. Was the old right? Western Auto. It was actually part of the old Western Auto. Mr. Rafe actually owned the, the building. The building. That was between there and uh, White's Jewelers. That's correct. Now, did that building burn? It did. It it, it burnt, and uh, the, the actual Western Auto burnt, and then uh, his shop was actually destroyed by the smoke and, and mm-hmm. the water. Where did he go then? He went from there to uh, back out to Edgewood. Uh, he, he had a couple of different shops and a couple of different locations in Edgewood. He was on Edgewood Drive back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He had a shop next to Arby's. Where the I think the five and dime is is actually there now. I'm gonna pull a name out of a the historical hat that I hadn't thought about in years, and it just popped up. Was that not with Danny Dock? That was the one on on Edgewood Drive. That was, was that was that with was Danny. Danny Dock. Yeah, it was right next to the old coin laundromat. Is sure. there any you know? And there's one right there. I hadn't thought of Danny and right. 
30 years, I mm-hmm. bet. Is there any other people that he was in with that John Quinn didn't bought John yeah, Barber? John with Quinn him and um, my brother uh, Bill's wife, Rebecca. Uh, yeah. She, she cut hair with him for a long time. Randy Welch cut, cut right, hair with him. Who we just for, lost a few months ago. Just a few months ago. Uh, Wanda Hensley. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people don't realize it, but when he was up on Main Street at the old Western Auto location, uh, he and Leon Goodlett actually cut hair together for a short period of time. The fat man of furniture. There now, did go. Leon? Own the furniture store at that time? Did no, he, he, he just barbered. He, he just barbered at that time. Yes, sir. You know that's the thing. And you look right now, Gary, at some of those barbers who was your dad's contemporaries back in those days. A lot of them gone. Yeah. Of course, Leon's still around. Jim Bishop still mm-hmm. around, although he's not cutting hair. Right. But that's about it. I know the old the old time barber shop are about history. I, I, I did give some thought into maybe going to barber college yeah. when I retired from my regular job, but uh, I decided against that. But uh, the old style barber shops are, are really some a place where historically men used to yeah. get together and be able to sit down and, right. and talk about the activities of the time and uh, sports and politics and religion you know everything. everything everything used to come up in the barbershop and i guess the only one we've got right now in this county is clay tankersley is, is, is he probably probably the way it used to be right right the way it used to be right. and i'd say as a young man gary you probably got a pretty good education yourself listening to some things oh, in that yeah. barbershop yeah i heard a lot of stories and of course dad was always politically active mm-hmm. uh, he was a campaign manager for uh, you know several statewide uh, right. office holders and or office seekers, and uh, I, I learned a lot just by sitting around and listening. Yeah. And, uh, the biggest barbershop he ever had was the one on Edgewood Drive, and he used to actually have a couple of pool tables out there and uh, pinball machines and. It was funny. He he didn't want us boys putting money in a pinball machine, but no, we could play pool anytime we wanted to. <laughs> he, he he loved to play pool and and uh, billiards and uh, yeah, and and he was very good at it. Yeah, he was very good. At also, it. big horseman. Yes, he was. He loved loved his horses. He was a a good. He had a good eye for a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, if he told you a horse was a good horse, then they were a good horse. Yeah. I mean, he. He spent a lot of time with them, just like he did with everything else. If he if he was going to do it, he was going to devote t- the time to it. And he spent a lot of time with his horses, and he always thought a lot of them. He really did. Let's break Gene down into a couple of segments here. Gene Goldie, the businessman. Mm-hmm. One word to describe him. Caring, compassionate. What about Gene Goldie, the politician? Straightforward mm-hmm. and don't ask the question if you don't want the answer. <laughs> Tell it like it is. <laughs> he he always he always did. Sure did. And it's funny because you know I I just I turned fifty this year and I still run into people almost well, usually on a weekly basis and if not a weekly basis at least a couple times a month that have a story mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. just those four short years he was in the sheriff's office mm-hmm. about how some way that touched their lives. I was actually in Lowe's the other day and uh, had a young man. Had a young man tell me a story about dad and, and sat and talked forever about mm-hmm. it. And he was a youngster when he saw it happen, and, and it really made an impact on his life. About that. It makes you feel good. To, to sure. Know. And and, and and even, you know, the time he even spent as a bus driver. Yeah. You know, we, we had people when at, at, at dad's uh, visitation, we had people come that I didn't know, had never seen before in my mm-hmm. life as far as I knew. And the only reason they were there is because he had been their school bus driver and had been nice to them. You know, we have mentioned this before on this program, Gary, and, it, and it, every time we have a program, you can say it, I guess. People don't realize 
what they do today, how it can affect somebody 30, 40 years from now. That's true. And you, as we have talked to some other guests on this show, you you see that with these right. comments. People that, like you said, that you don't even know. Right. That you may never see again. That Gene Goldie had a, a ripple effect on. That's right. And uh, that that is truly great. And I know it's you got to be no. proud. When oh, you hear I that am. Kind and of stuff. and I even see it in my own my sons. There are older people in the community who will find out who they are, mm-hmm. and and occasionally they'll even come home and say. Hey, I met somebody who, you know, mm-hmm. interacted with Papa all back years ago, and they told me what a good guy he was or yeah. you know, whatever. And and some of them may even say, you know, he wasn't very nice to me, but, you know, <laughs> just depending on the situation. Well, now we did Gene the businessman and Gene the politician, and this is the one you ought to know the best. Gene the dad, one word. My best friend. There you go. Can't ask for more than that. No, that's truly what he was. We lost Gene. What year was it? 2012 about three years ago and gene had a as we have discussed had a a lasting effect on people that he touched in this community and that will live on through you and and your children and and the brothers too but we want people to remember gene and remember what he brought to our town and our county and the contributions that he made whether it was cutting your hair, making you look nice, whether it was getting your child to school and home right. safely, or whether he was protecting you as a law enforcement official. Right. He was, uh, he was a good man. We miss him. Well, I certainly do. Yeah. Gary, thank you. Appreciate thank, your thank, time. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate this, and I really enjoy the, 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 this program. I enjoy listening Great. to it. Well, we enjoy doing it, and it's important. I was talking to a fellow the other day that uh, it's very important, I think, for our – children if nothing else to have record right. of things the reason they got where they are today that's right and uh just i appreciate everybody that, that listens and supports our ability to preserve some history of our county i want to thank gary for coming in today and talking about his dad gene and all of his family and the contributions that gene goldie made to our county all things jessamine every saturday morning at 11 and all for you on jess fm 105.9